Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, I'm Shamar. And I'm Andrew. We're going to be doing a deep dive on all the connected DC animated movies and their cinematic universe. Yes, I'm here to discuss the interconnected storylines and point out how jacked everybody is. And I'm here to share a deep comic book knowledge like Batman having his own sneaker line. So check out yet another DC animated podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family and coming soon wherever you listen to your podcast. And welcome to another episode of Kraken One Open with Mike and Elise. I'm Mike, and we're here to take you on a journey of the beer kind. I was going to say, I'm, I'm waiting for the Twilight Zone music to kick in. Two podcast hosts, unaware that their journey will take them beyond the simple keg, somewhere beyond the mash and the wart, somewhere. In the podcast realm. <laughs> this week. <laughs> this week, what? What are we doing? What are we drinking? Sorry, I got, I got uh, distracted by our, our third co-host here. You got dogged. I got dogged. This week, we are traveling overseas to Iceland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mr. International. That's I, right. I had to get one for you. <laughs> and we are cracking open Arctic Pale Ale from Einstock Algero. Yeah, there's going to be some, I love some mispronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to the brewery, I have some interesting history information for you first. Hit me. So beer in Iceland likely dates back to the island settlement by Norsemen, who came from a culture where drinking beer and mead were commonplace. The climate of Iceland, however, may have made beer production difficult as it became impossible to produce barley domestically. This was due in part to the cooling trend of the Little Ice Age, circa 1300 to 1850 locally. Yeah, it was a cold time. (laughs) So fast forward to the early 20th century. In 1908, Icelanders voted in favor of a ban on all alcoholic drinks because... They're insane. They had their own prohibition. Interesting. (laughs) Going into effect in January of 1915. In 1921, the ban was partially lifted after Spain refused to buy Iceland's main export, which is fish, unless Iceland bought Spanish wines. The ban was then modified after a national referendum in 1935 came out in favor of legalizing spirits. But beer over 2.25% ABV was still banned because of a temperance movement that argued that beer would lead to more depravity because it was cheaper than spirits. Sounds a lot like our own prohibition movement. Yeah, it sounds like a 
bad excuse. <laughs> Over time, this prohibition lost the majority of its supporters. Surprise, surprise. And by 1988, the national parliament passed legislation legalizing beer above 2.25%, because what's the point otherwise? Yeah. Which, <laughs> which went into effect on March 1st, 1989, which is now celebrated as Beer Day. I like it. Some people take part in a runter or bar crawl. Uh, with a few bars staying open until 4 a.m. the next day. So that's how you do it. That's how it should be. No. <laughs> so after the prohibition was lifted, Icelandic drinking habits shifted away from hard alcohol in favor of beer and wine. Between 1989 and 2007, per capita liquor sales decreased by nearly half, while per capita beer sales more than doubled. In fact, a 2014 report by the World Health Organization showed that 62% of the alcohol consumed by Icelanders came from beer. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I like liquor. Don't get me wrong. I, I do like a good, you know, bourbon every once in a while, but. Not every day. That's not. Yeah. You can't have that all the time every day. And as yeah, relaxing you don't come, and good you don't come taste, home from work and be like, I need that liquor. You're like, no, I want a nice refreshing beer. Yeah. It's 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 tough. Although Iceland. It's cold. <laughs> it's colder. Although they have nice summers. They have probably moderate summers, but yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I don't I don't think you need the the liquor to warm you up there. <laughs> yeah, I just I just can't yeah, I just can't believe that you'd be more okay with the liquor coming home and being like, Yes, this is what I needed. Yeah. Like you don't come home and just do a shot. I don't know. Unless no. you're in Siberia and you need that vodka to like really like get you going. I just don't see it. No. So Einstock Algero, loosely translated, means unique brewery. It is located 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle in the fishing port of Akureyri, Iceland. Perfect pronunciation, baby. I know. (laughs) (laughs) According to their website, quote, there the water flows from rain and prehistoric glaciers down the Hled... Dear Fjall Mountain. Oh, I was wrong. That was perfect pronunciation. <laughs> and through ancient lava fields, delivering the purest water on earth and the perfect foundation for brewing deliciously refreshing craft ales. Our beer is made out of lava water? Right. Why didn't you lead with that earlier? <laughs> <laughs> so it takes them nine to 12 months to release new styles, they say, because it takes time to find the right ingredients and to brew several versions until they find the very best one. Quote, we are not a brewery that strives to come out with a new style every week. We are relentlessly focused on quality over quantity. And the results are beers that have won awards all over the world and fans in 22 countries. I don't know if that's meant to be like a dig at other breweries. That's an absolute jab at other breweries. (laughs) I took offense. (laughs) I was like... As soon as he said, I was going to comment, damn. Yeah. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> so let's get to the beer. Quote, one sip of Icelandic Arctic pale ale will refresh the adventurer within. Triple hopped for flavor and balance, this pale ale delivers a clean, pure taste every time. The combination of Cascade hops with the Northern Brewer and Hallertau tradition makes this drink stand out as one of the most refreshing ales available. Ooh. Bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> They've already made bold statements before. Yeah. They're they're going they're going in with uh, all guns loaded. <laughs> so, what exactly is the Hallertau tradition? You might ask. To be the most middle fra of everything. 
good guess. <laughs> they say, we set out to make the best pale ale available. We discovered to do so, we needed to take the best from all four corners of the earth and combine it in one refreshing ale. Bavaria was a natural stop on our journey. Hops have been growing there for over a thousand years, and the Bavarian culture has developed around the Hallertau traditions. In this part of the world, hops are referred to as the green gold of Bavaria. Of course, we went straight to the people and the culture who have slowly perfected hop growing and added it to our own tradition and ancient practices of Icelandic northern brewing. Could there be a better combination? There was. And it included a splash of America's popular Cascade hops. Cascade? America? (laughs) Represent? Sorry. <laughs> so Einstock lists the key ingredients for their Arctic pale ale as pale ale malt, crystal malt, chocolate malt, American and Bavarian hops. It's a lot of malts. Yeah. I'm intrigued by most by the chocolate malt and what that's going to lend to it. We've done a beer with chocolate malt, I think, haven't we? Probably, but I feel like it, it belongs more in a stout than a pale ale. But it could just be like a misnomer. I think you, when you hear that, yes, you think chocolate malt, but it's probably a malt that's a little darker and maybe sweeter. Yeah. Or like nuttier. Yeah. Not so much. And it's just used for chocolate. It doesn't necessarily have chocolate in it. Okay. I'm working through this. I'm working through it in my head. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So first up, we've got Hallertau Mieseltra, as you should recall by now, is one of the four main noble hops. Despite Hallertauer being notoriously difficult to work with because it's very susceptible to wilt and has poor yields, it has been used to create many other varieties because it is otherwise so desirable. It features a lightly flowery and spicy aroma. Its key flavors include sage, rosemary, lavender, pine, and cedar. This makes it clean, crisp, and perfect for pilsners and lagers. Then we've got Cascade. Uh, which I looked back through my notes, and surprisingly, it's been a minute since we covered anything with Cascade. Really? Yeah. We have it at the breweries all the time. We just haven't I covered know. it, I guess. Okay. Uh, so most of the hits that came up in my search through my weekly notes were technically for Simcoe, which is nicknamed Cascade on, on steroids. steroids. We, right, are, we right, have right. Simcoe a lot. Yes. Anyway, Cascade was pioneered in the 1950s and released in the 1970s. It was the first hop to come out of the USDA hop breeding program, and it has since become one of the most popular American hops of all time. It's resistant to downy mildew, which is a big issue with some other hops, but it still doesn't store well, which, to be fair, is not usually an issue because it's so popular that it doesn't just like go like sit unused. Right. So Cascade is often used for both bittering and aroma, and it has a distinct spicy, citrusy aroma with hints of grapefruit. It's very similar to Hallertauer Mittelfra, which is probably, I'm guessing, why Einstock chose to combine these two hops. It sounds like they would kind of complement each other. (laughs) Fun fact, Cascade was also the original hop used in Coors, but it turned out to be too strong for the light beer, and they cut back on its use. But soon after that, the owner of Anchor Steam noticed this new hop and decided that Cascade would be perfect for their Liberty Ale, which is considered the first post-Prohibition IPA and the first single-hopped American ale. After that, Cascade really took off in popularity, and today there are also Argentinian, Australian, and New Zealand hop varieties of Cascade as well. New Zealand! (laughs) And finally, Einstock says that the hoppy start and long multi-finished 
uh, make this brew the perfect pairing for almost any meal, from burgers and steaks to hearty vegetable dishes, pasta, chili, and even barbecue. I didn't hear fish on that list. Uh, okay, yeah, that's fair. They didn't list it. Yeah, so not every meal. Gotcha. It says almost any meal. It doesn't <laughs> say every meal. So I looked up chocolate malt. Okay. It is similar to pale and amber malts, but kilned at even higher temperatures, huh. producing complex chocolate and cocoa flavors. So you're right. It is used in porters and sweet stouts, as well as dark mild ales. Oh, yeah. So good job. It so is. So now I'm even more intrigued how it's going to work in this. It actually does taste like chocolate. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, let, let's go see if we can taste that chocolate, I guess. <laughs> I want that cedar. And just like that, through the magic of editing, we have returned. <laughs> I do an Icelandic accent, but I don't really know how. Me either. I was doing one the other day, though. Was it one? Were you really? Yeah. I was doing one to you and I was talking about fake talking about the beer. It was like really oh. spot on. <laughs> I honestly couldn't do it right now for you. All right. Y'all ready for this? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Ooh. That's our best crack in a while. The synchronicity. This beer smells pretty good. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty much the color I expected. Maybe maybe a hair darker. It's darker than I expected for sure. It's not as pale as other pale ales we've had, but it's, uh, no. It's kind of got the color of a, like an IPA. It's a dark amber kind of color yeah um but it is it is light and you can definitely see through it so yeah it's nice and clear decent head nice lacing very intriguing smell i'm getting lots of citrus off the top yeah a little bit of citrus a lot of that malt smell Mm -hmm. the malt is very strong with this one but it doesn't smell like your typical like put your nose in a pilsner kind of a thing yeah cheers cheers but i guess it's not a pilsner it is a pillow oh that's crisp as Fuck. Mm, Mikey likey. Yeah. This is extremely refreshing. Just like they said it would be. It really is like Pilsner refreshing. It's like mm-hmm. really like, oof. Nice chill going down. I love the carbonation. It's a little bitter right off the bat. See, for but, a pale, then, I don't think it's, it's that bitter at all. It's not very bitter, but it's it, for some reason more bitter than I expected it to be like on the first sip but then it it leaves that like lingering sweetness yeah it definitely has this sweetness that stays but it's not like this cloying awful sweetness oh no it's a sweetness that it's, is it's there the from malt. the malt yeah. yeah there's not like any added sugar or anything so that sweetness goes away dissipates in your mouth and you don't feel that sweetness going down like you're drinking syrup yeah it is very interesting it's very unlike any other like regular pale ale i've, I've ever had yeah that it's not like going into IPA territory at all. It's Mm-mm. it's very refreshing. I do. I I get a little bit of the the noble hop flavor at the end, but the cascade really gives it a nice punch. Yeah, the cascade is definitely there, but I I do like the noble hop kind of flavors in there. Mm-hmm. Give it more of like an earthy tone, I guess. Mm-hmm. But the fruity, citrusy kind of cascade kind of. Like I, it's I, there to make it more refreshing. Probably it is there to yeah balance like, that out. I get that kind of grapefruit that the the hops usually give, but not in the way like you said, not in the same way that an IPA would. Yeah, I can see that the grapefruity kind of mouthfeel almost, or the grapefruity kind of flavor, but not quite or brimby profile, but not flavor. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. It's like grapefruit adjacent. 
Yeah, yeah. You can tell that it's there, but you can't really taste it. It's like the ghost of grapefruit <laughs> in the beer. Uh, but the malts definitely shine through in this. <laughs> what what's that meme about Lacroix? Where like, what's the flavor? The the flavor is like whatever you're shouting across the room. Like it's just a hint of the flavor. Oh yep. <laughs> but that's what it takes, and it's got a lot of that malt. The malt. Pamplemousse. The malt really comes through. Yeah, I I enjoy this a lot. I can't think of any other pale ale that I would want to like sit and sip on a hot day, but this is, I think this is refreshing enough for summer for sure. Yeah. Um, it's a little heavier than I would like, I would say maybe Okay. for a summertime beer. It's definitely not as light as I thought it would be. I thought it would be a little bit more, a little lighter, both in terms of color, but also in terms of how it sits. Mm -hmm. It's not like heavy, heavy by any means, but it is a little heavier than I thought it might be. I wonder if it's because of the the amount of malt. That'd be my guess. It's more bread than anything else so far. Mm -hmm. But that nice refreshingness, that nice malt flavor, the the bitter is really nice. I like how bitter it is because I like really yeah. bitter things and mm -hmm. it is pretty bitter at that beginning, but it does give way to that sweetness at the end. And I really feel like part of that heft also might come from that chocolate malt. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Used in porters and stouts. You know, it gives you that that sweetness, that chocolatey kind of flavor. And it, it is there. That is one of the things that's accentuating the malt in there. Mm -hmm. But I almost wonder if that also makes it a bit of a heavier beer. Yeah, it very well could be. You want to talk about the can I as we power through the these? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm almost <laughs> done with mine already. Uh, well, to be fair, this geez. is our our first normal sized can in a very long time. Yep. So these are short boys, or regular boys. A 12 ounce can. Came in a six pack with plastic. Ugh. Plastic. Remember to cut those. Einstock doesn't care about, Einstock doesn't care about. Uh, the turtles. The turtles. And the ducks. And the ducks and the fishies. Make sure you cut those loops. Einstock Ulgerd. Uh, it's got a Viking on the can. It's a metallic blue can. I do like the metallic blue. It's, it's kind of like a muted metallic blue, which is yeah. nice. Everything in writing is like a white and silver writing. The Viking logo on the top, he's looking to his side. It's a profile of a Viking with a horned helmet. Fun fact, Vikings never worn horned helmets. That's a complete uh, fabrication and a creation of pop culture. Uh, was your history fact for the day. Okay, but, but they look cooler. It's true. And it's got the, I guess, the longitude and latitude. North 65 degrees, west 18 degrees, right next to the Viking's head. On the top, it says triple hop for flavor and balance. And Underneath they, the Einstock Olgerd, it says Icelandic Arctic Pale Ale. And then it says words that I cannot pronounce, but I'll try to also suffer through it since you did. Thank you. Sir Framlider Akrelier, no, Akrelier, Iceland. Uh, and in between those two uh, words is a pair of axes, medieval Viking axes coming through. Yeah. 330 milliliters or 11.2 fluid ounces or alcohol by volume is 5.6 on the That's right side of the can. No, on the right side of the can, you get the Vikings head again, but all big. And then the ice, uh, Einstock logo with the axes. The Einstock is just kind of written around the axes as their logo. And then it says, brewed 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle, we bounce three kinds of hops with pure Icelandic water to create an ale like any other. Unlike any other, it can only be described as an Arctic pale ale, and it's truly one of a kind. 
Cascade hops give it American character, while Northern Brewer and Hallertau tradition add just enough bitterness to make this ale refreshingly Icelandic and to make everything else pale in comparison. Pale, pale, Oh, Einstein. Oh, my God. Oh, you guys get me. Uh, and then it's got their uh, all their socials, which is interesting on the small can. Einstockbeer.com, Facebook.com slash Einstock, Twitter.com slash Einstockbeer, and Instagram.com slash Einstock, brewed by Einstock Algard. EHF Ekriri Iceland. Yeah. Thank you for suffering through that as I did. And then it says metal recycles forever. <laughs> That's one of the most metal things you can say about metal. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that is uh that is the can. I really I'm surprised that you didn't uh, comment on the texture of the can. Oh, yeah. I was going to at the beginning of the episode and I was like, I'll hold it for the end. And then I forgot because I was going to say <laughs> the beginning. It's got this nice. It's like a matte, matte finish. Yeah, it's like, ugh, I just want to rub it. I know. It's not like a smooth kind of uh, thing. There's definitely like a little bit of that. A little bit of texture. Texture, yeah. rough texture to it, which makes it nice to hold in your hand and kind of look around at it. Mm -hmm. It's all part of why you want to buy a can, man. It's true. So what made you pick this beer out? Uh, you kept talking about wanting to do international beers, and this was the most interesting one in the international section. Uh, right. <laughs> Sorry for the boring story. <laughs> I don't know if something popped out at you or anything like that and why you chose that one over another one. Um, not really. I mean, it just, the strong name stood out at me. No. <laughs> Einstock. Einstock beer. Well, that's cool, I guess. I'm already done with mine. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost there. Yeah, that's that's very good. It It is, I will say, as I got down toward the end, the sweetness kind of wore thin on me a little bit. I can see that. I think it is a little sweeter than I initially made the comment about it. Mm -hmm. Are you getting in my head or am I experiencing the same thing? Because I'm, right, I'm right around the end of the, the can right now. I don't know. I just know it was a little. It doesn't have the same bite as when the head was still present and there mm -hmm. was a lot of carbonation. Maybe the carbonation kind of tones down the sweetness. Oh, it's possible. All I know is that it did get pretty sweet at the end there. Yeah. And it's not like we haven't been drinking this long enough for it to get warm. It's still quite cold. Yeah. So it's it's not necessarily changing flavors. Yeah, but that sweetness yeah. kind of kind of shines through a little bit heavier at the end, which definitely makes me think it's not really the perfect summer beer. It is still yeah. good. It's still no, tasty. I, I agree. I'm kind of I'm backtracking on that comment now. Like, this is a heavier <laughs> beer. And I don't know if I could do a tall boy of it. If it got this sweet toward the end on a 12 ounce yeah. or an 11.2. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's it's we will finish this six pack. Oh, no, it's quite good. It's just I don't know if it's. I think I think the, the 12 ounce is an appropriate size. Yes. Which is fine because you don't have to put everything in a tall boy all the time. Yeah. Which seems to be the, the trend. Apparently not in Iceland. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I got. That's what I got. That's what we got. All right, then. All right, then. Damn. Damn. <laughs> well, thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode <laughs> and putting up with us <laughs> And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackandwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Open, or shoot us an email at open at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we want to hear from you. Yeah. From you and you and you and you and you. Let us know what beers to drink. Something different. Hey, international breweries. Get at us. Hit us up too. Yeah. If we can find you. Yeah, if we can get your beer into this country somehow, or if it's already in this country. Mm-hmm. You know, international stuff's really cool to talk about. It is, uh, especially when there's historical stuff behind it. Yeah. Let us know. We'll interview you. We'll do a Zoom call. Same with breweries in the United States. You know, America, we love you guys too. So what else you got to plug? <laughs> well, you know me. I've got a few things. Just a few? I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, uh, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about the movie or maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. Uh, and then I've also got Two Player Bros, a podcast with my buddy Dave, sometimes my brother Alex, where we're two guys who play way too many video games. Join us as we talk about all things video game related, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, PC, VR. We have it all. We play it all. We talk about it all. Both of those podcasts are available at ForgottenEntertainment.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, and subscribe. And then I've got audiobooks on Audible. My name is Michael Butler. Look me up. I've got Sour, Switch Art for the Gangsters, Coffee at Midnight. The Murder of Kelly Christopher, The Final Girl. I've got a bunch of books. Most of them are horror related. Some of them are not. Switch Our Farden Gangsters is not. Um, but you do some some badass accents. Some great accents. Some great different voices. I think my reviews speak for themselves. <laughs> Check those out on Audible. I don't get paid for those books unless you guys buy them. So do me a favor. Help me. Help me. Help me. And buy those books. If you're the giving sort. And you want a good story out of it. I'm giving you hours of entertainment. The least you can give me is like the dollar fifty I make off of each book. <laughs> and that's what I got. All right. And a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Record. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. But my glass is empty this time. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> is that bad luck? Oh God, reverse <sighs> this tape. <laughs> <laughs>